Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Pertech has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual Ultimate Bathurst Experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year, with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences, all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertech. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. In fear of sounding like the creepy old uncle, I can't tell you how proud I am of this guy and the man he's grown into. You know the old line, tough times don't last, tough people do? Well, I reckon it was written with him in mind. But who is Joel Thompson? Yeah, Joel Thompson's a a kid from the bush, Um, a, a kid now that sort of got to experience all different um, environments and, and experiences and um, and now, you know, someone that's a very proud husband and father living on the Gold Coast and, yeah, chasing down my next dream now and, you know, owning a business and, and starting up Yakka Training. You mentioned training, mate. So is that what you're up to in retirement and, and yeah. starting your own business? Yeah, so I was doing business development in a railway construction company and uh, seen the side of it around the training side, and I went, I can, I can do this better. So mm. I went out, uh, recruited some really good people to get around me, and yeah, now I'm going to be focusing on you know getting people trained up and, and building careers for them and, and changing lives, and you know, that's what it's all about. You know, kid that come from a community or was in environments where you didn't really have too many people working, or growing yep. up in households that had no working parents or, or people. You know, I know how tough it is out there, but now I've got the opportunity, you know, to, to really change lives, get people working and, and make a, a genuine difference. It's important to you, isn't it, helping people? And yeah. you've always been that way. You're, yeah. you're a rough diamond, you're rough yeah. around the edges, but yeah. helping people's a huge part oh, of your life. Oh, definitely, you know, it's, it's come out of nowhere too. Like I was out of control at a time there when I was at the Raiders. And yep. uh, for me, I never really spoke to anyone professionally. I went and got help or, or you know, to speak about my behaviour or why I was doing certain things. So... Um, you know, with a bit of help from loved ones around me, I went and spoke to someone and I got some advice from a lady there that goes, you should actually go and give your time and, and uh, you know, go and work in the community. I feel like it will be rewarding for you and something that you needed. And I went, I never really done that. Like wow. you do promos when I was that thing and I'd, I'd try and avoid them. I'd say, oh, I've got this on. I'll try and – I'd never really – 
honestly, I was, I was really selfish. I wouldn't – I'd try and get out of any of that type wow. of stuff. And um, that's how I fell into it. And I started doing some, you know, volunteer – and I, I was like, you know what, there's – I enjoy this. It's, it's good seeing smiles. It's good to actually give back a little bit. It just grew from there. I continue to do it. Wow. And, you know, I, I didn't want to speak publicly so much about it. Yeah. But, um, you know, some things happened in my life where I lost a, a, a close cousin and, and different things. And my wife, Amy, uh, she, you know, goes, you should speak about it. You talk about no one's really speaking about doing anything and it's mm. all this out. Why don't you do something about it? I said, Oh no! I'll think too many people will think I'm looking for attention, or I'll think that the coach will think I'm soft, and I'll, yep. he won't put me. You know, he goes, "I don't want to do that. I've got a career. You know, you got to be tough. You got to be resilient. Mm. You can't have any other issues going on because they won't pick you." And you know, I had all yeah. this. And she goes, "Well, it's it's something where you can like actually generally make a difference and be a voice for others, and not." And I said, oh, "I've sort of done that, and it's grew from there, eh? It really has. Wow. And I just I feel like I'm." Yes, I'm, I'm very rough. Yes, I have been out of control at times, yeah. you know, with my behaviour. But I feel like I'll, I've outweighed that with yep. some of the positive stuff I've done and good I things. Agree. And, um, yeah, I, I was just, I've just enjoyed it, eh? And I, I sort of fell into it in a way. Not fell into it, but it come out of nowhere. I just experienced it and then, yeah, it's been good. Let's go back to the beginning. You're a 1988 yeah. baby. Uh, and yeah. to be fair, a bit of a tough start to the big bad yeah. world. Tell us about you as a kid, mate. Yeah, um, you know, born in Griffith, New South Wales, young kid um, with my mum there, um, you know, and moved around a fair bit as a young fella. Um, um, it, yeah, it was a challenging start for different reasons, but, you know, I guess um, looking back, I wouldn't change any of it, to be honest, because those yeah. experiences have really made me who I am and gave me a bit more empathy and understanding than others would have. Like, I've been in those shoes. I've been in those environments. I know actually how, how tough it can be out there. Mm. You know, people can just go, oh, go and get a job. You know, you just you know, get on with it. You know, stop drinking. But unless you've been in those environments and walked in those shoes, they, they just don't know, unfortunately, and... Um, so it gave me that type of thing. It sort of made me who I am growing up in different environments. And um, my name was actually Joel Murdoch mm. um, for the f- first, you know, for the start of my life. Um, I had another male I, I called dad as well. Um, I believed he was my dad a- at the time. And um, and I had my brother and my mum. And, um, yeah, it was just a bit of chaos in the house at the time. And we went out a different way and went and lived at friends' houses and, and different things. And, um, yeah, my mum pretty much let me know that, yeah, it's, it's not your dad. Um, this other guy's your dad, uh, Michael Spinks, his name was, and uh, chucked me the phone and said, hello to your dad. Very weird. After school, you just get the phone chucked at you. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I um, spoke to him for the first time and, you know, I was would have been at 12 around the time. Um, very confusing. My identity, I'm just like, what the hell? And, um, yeah, from there, mum uh, had another partner, uh, moved to a place called Condobon, where Shannon yeah. Knowles from, yeah. Um, started playing rugby league again uh, for the Condo Rams. And, yeah, it's just a crazy, like, I won't go in too deep into the, the stuff that was happening in my life at that time, but it, it was crazy. It really was. And, you know, my wife sometimes just goes, wow. Like, when she hears some of the stuff, she just she's in shock. Like, yeah. what the hell? And 
Um, but it, it truly did make me who I am in, in a special way. Um, and then from there, we ended up out at Ivanhoe. And, you know, again, there's a lot of things happening um, in the house. Yeah. And, you know, I, Nen's, my Nen lived there in Ivanhoe. And the best, the, say, the best place for me to live at the time was with my with Nen. Nen. And then I was a young kid. I was a rat bag. Like, I know it's hard to believe, but I was a, <laughs> I was a, I was a little madman. And, yeah. You know, very angry, loved the fight, loved yep. just the just whatever, just out of control, always up to no good. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I was just, uh, oh, it just makes me laugh thinking about how I was. So, you know, I remember I used to, then I was in my nens care and gee, things changed for me. She's like, hey, you have respect, boy. You don't speak like that. You just little things around that. Yeah. You know, make your bed, do this, do, you know, little discipline things. And, you know, I'd be down to school, throwing chairs, going mad, and and go, and I'd ring up me Ned. Me Ned would come marching down to Ivanhoe Central School. This is it, hey, and just look at me, come here, grab me by the ears, and you know, and just and all these type of took stuff care of you, yeah. took care of me, and I guess it, it did change the direction of my life. Pertech has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual ultimate Bathurst experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year, with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences, all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertech. You know, I was, I was in trouble. I shared this... Um, not long ago, but you know, I remember the time I was still breaking into houses with my with my um, cousin, my older cousin. I don't think I had an option. I'd get flogged if I did, yeah. and um, I'd just be the fellow would be at the front, and I'd whistle if anyone come, or just have to carry stuff. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, I remember I was at my nan's, and I was always helping her at the front garden. She loved the garden. She still does. Um, I was out there helping her out, and the police come rolling in. They're like, oh, Miss Thompson, I'm oh, sorry, we're here to come and take so-and-so, my cousin, and, and me to the police station for uh question and all that. <laughs> and I remember seeing her. Um, it was a moment that I'll never forget because I can still just see her face standing up yeah. on the, on the um, what do you call it, like the stairs, like to go into a house. Yeah. Um, and just the absolute, just the hurt on her face, you know. Yeah. Um, it really did change me in a big way. Wow. I guess that was a moment I was like, no, I don't want to be. She put a roof over my head. Yep. Um, and that was a moment. That was, that was a big moment. So wow. I got to know my biological dad. Um, yep. I call him Spinksy, Michael Spinks, and um, he played football. He went to the Raiders when he back in the day, and he's got a, he's great. He's a good man, and he sort of wanted to help out, and they got me into boarding school with yep. his help, uh, Red Bend Catholic College in Forbes. Yeah. And life just changed again. I just, I just flipped it on its head. I went to a Catholic boarding school where you got to pull your socks up and have your tie up, and 
again, a little bit mad, like didn't want to do certain things, you know, struggled with schooling because I was so far behind. Um, but rugby league saved me. It, it truly saved me because I loved the game. You know, for me to go to training, to, um, to play on the weekends, um, I had to behave and do the right thing at school. Yep. And, you know, because I was a boarder, they wouldn't let me out if I wasn't – if I was doing the wrong thing. So it really changed my behaviour wow. because I loved, this, loved it so much, you know. And um, over that time, yeah, I got signed up by Melbourne Storm and that's the start of my you know, career from there. The thing I love about your story and I, the real positive, you broke the cycle. Yeah. It is very, very difficult because as kids we copy, we copy what we see yeah. from those in our group. Yeah. You were surrounded by people yeah. that suffered from addiction yeah. of various types. Oh, yeah. um, it's not easy. No, it is not easy. It is, <laughs> it's, And I guess people sometimes you know, make judgment or discriminate or they have a certain – but I'll tell you right now, if it was, the roles were reversed and they had to walk in those shoes and be in that environment, mm. they're, they're not who they are now. They're, they're, and, and that's a big thing. Yeah. Like, unless you experience it and have that empathy and that understanding, it is, mm. it's, they're more part of the problem than this, and, and trying to understand what's happening out there. So, and, and that's something, you know, I did break a cycle, but the people around me helped me do that. Mm. You know, my grandmother... Um, a school teacher at Red Bend called uh, Steve Hooper. Um, um, you know, there was, there was certain people at the time, my biological dad, my, my dad who I used to think, you know, there were certain people, my mm. step-grandparents, there was just some really good quality people around me that really yeah. helped me break that cycle. And, and now, unfortunately, now I look at my younger brothers, I don't like speaking about it publicly as much, you know, but I have two identical twin brothers. Yeah. They're young now, they're 18. Oh, Nineteen, sorry, and um, you know they're both locked up in in jail. And I went down and visited them another week, and you know it, break, it really does break my heart. And I've, I've got a bit, of, a fair bit of guilt about it because you now I was quite selfish um, at times during my career. Yeah, I was going to do chat. I was going to help out in the community. I was doing certain, but I wasn't actually gen. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't there as much as I should have been for my mm. brothers and my little sisters. Yeah. And now I see them now in a, in a vicious cycle of, you know, crime and everything else. And they've been in and out of it now since I was 16. And now they're, you know, they've spent their birthdays again in lockup. Mm. Um, I went and had a visit to them another week and I just said, I feel like I'm, I'm ready now to not be selfish and focus just on me and my family, my career. I feel like I can give them. <laughs> Sorry, it just um, makes me sad thinking of it. But uh, yeah, I could give them more that more than I could before, I guess, in a way. And and I really hope I can drag them out of out of that cycle they're in and help them. Yeah, they're superstars in the waiting. As in, they can go out there and work. They're good personality. They're funny. Yeah. They're good. Ki- they're just they're just stuck. In it, they're in caught it. in that cycle. They are so. Um, we talk about that cycle. It's hard to it's hard to break, yeah. and and yeah, I'm very lucky for footy to help me do it. Are you the guy to drag them out of the cycle and point them in the right direction? I, I feel I am, but it's a, as anyone knows who's got family friends that sometimes are, you know in and out of jail or in certain behave bad mm. poor behaviour. It's 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 what they know. It's who, yeah. who their friends are. You know that they're in jail now and they're around everyone they've known. 
since I was 16, you know, and they're friends and it's like a bit of a holiday camp in there and I, I yep. sort of blow up about it because it doesn't phase them. They, they love it. You know, they're getting fed, they're, getting, they're doing the gym, they're, they're mm. around their mates, they're having a laugh, they're playing touch footy. Yeah. It's not too bad for them in there and that's not the, <laughs> it's not the solution, unfortunately. No. They need to be out of that environment and way and I, I truly, you know, I love them to death and I really hope that one day they just go, you know what, I've had enough of this, I'm ready to, to grab the help and, and to get... Come to Yakka Train. I'll get you. I own, I own an RTO now. I'll get you to train and get your certificates to get out there working. Um, yeah. I just need you to commit. So, you know, it's just you know that's one, my story and my fa- that's one example of thousands out there and a lot of people out there. And, um, yeah, I hope in some way I can and sort of change that in, in a way. Hey, legends, we're getting close to 500 episodes. 500 episodes of Rugby League Gold that you can't or won't find anywhere else. The best thing about Unfiltered, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. You can listen to any episode at any time. It'll make sense. Time to download the entire library of legends. I hope they find their sliding doors moment or that yeah. moment that, yeah. that, you know, when you saw Grandma's yeah. face. Yeah. Um, you were the superstar kid as a footballer. I recall being tipped about you when you were still at school, Junior Roos, Aussie oh. Schools. Everyone knew that Joel Thompson was going to be a superstar and it started with Melbourne, which not a lot of people know. Yeah, going back to footy, you know, um, I, I wouldn't call myself a, a star. I guess I, my style of footy was uh, I played quite aggressive. I, yeah. I wasn't as skillful, you know, I, I regret some advice coaches gave me at time to work on an offload of passing game, but I was just bash and barge, just yeah. go hard and, and love the contact and side of the game. And uh, for me, I got recruited by Peter O'Sullivan and um, I don't know what club he's at. Oh, he's at the Dolphins now as a recruitment guy, but he was, yep. he was really good and he got me to Melbourne, finished finish year 12 at, at Red Band, which was yeah. cool, you know, got through. And That's an achievement in itself, isn't it? It, it is for some, yeah, that, that really struggled at school. But went down there, went down to Melbourne and, you know, I got a nice little shock to the system, you know. I went down there and I was so far behind everyone. Me and Israel Folau were just last in fitness. We were, you know, so far behind. Wow. And, you know, there was a couple of us just right at the back, even behind the – the props and like we had so much catching up to do and um but I got exposed in a way to my um my my uh work ethic and just my um mindset I guess but going into a, a club like Melbourne mm. you know it's built on hard work and just toughness and all that yeah. but it was the best thing for me you know I was away from family I was down there I was I was I needed that sort of tough love and that yep. system to sort of go. This is what you need to do, and put the work in. But yeah, it was it was a great start for me. How did you end up at the Raiders? How yeah. did that come about? Yeah, it come about as in um, I had a girlfriend at the time. I was up living up in Brisbane, playing for Brisbane Devils, North yep. North. Uh, North Devils. Good club, good people. Um, I broke up with a girlfriend at the time up there. Uh, she come up with me from out in the bush and. Went up there, had a bit of a breakup. Um, my mum actually moved to Canberra um, and I had little brothers and sisters and I felt like it was a bit of a responsibility for me to go back closer to support them and yeah. be close to the, the family in New South Wales country. And, yep. Um, you know, I reached out to my manager um, and said, you know, I'd like to look at going down that way. And mm. 
the Canberra Raiders were interested, you know, so there I was and signed with the Raiders and, you know, made my debut um, in the 20s against the Bulldogs uh, 2008 and, yeah, I loved it, you know, it was, it was awesome. From no one knowing you mm. to becoming an NRL superstar, there's no manual for it and it happens from where I sit just so fast. Is that easy or tough to deal with, mate, the, the change of lifestyle because all of a sudden – it seems everyone in New South Wales or the sporting world knows exactly who you are. Three weeks ago, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, in a way, hey, like, I never really got caught up so much in it, but I guess, like, you know, when I made my debut, I felt like I had more uncles and cousins and people that come out of nowhere. Like, where were you when I was struggling out there yeah. and had nothing? You know, where were you? <laughs> but, well, you know, you got to love it. But, um, yeah, I guess it was a it was a massive shock. I remember signing my first contract, good contract, and I was like going straight to the car yard place to try and buy a Holden Malu Ute at the time to get leather seats and um, this be. <laughs> and I, and I, I think it was Dottie Furl, Dave Furl goes, mate, wake up, you're not getting that. <laughs> and I, was, I had no idea, eh? I had no one that bought houses. I've got yeah. no idea around financial literacy of what to do with this money and I was just going mad. I was like, yes, yeah, it's I remember my debut money, my bonus I got at the time. I went to the Wagga races, Gold Cup or some races, whatever it was in Wagga, took all my mates, just went mad, got like shouting everyone, just, just giving. And that was just my mentality. At the Terrific. Time. <laughs> uh, that was 2008. Tell us about your debut. It was a win and I think it was the last round of yeah, it was. 08. Yeah, it was. So um, Neil Henry, Slippers, gave me a crack, trained with the team and – yeah, it was, it was the last game and, yeah, played against the Bulldogs. Obviously, it's a real moment. Like, is this really happening? Um, and, yeah, the team were killing it. I sort of come on and had a little play, you know, had a mm. few hit-ups and tackles. And, um, yeah, no, it was good. It was just a special moment like all the players, you know, when you yeah. work so hard and you come from different experiences, everyone's got their own story. Like, I've got my story and every single player's had their own challenges or hurdles in different ways yeah. or whatever, but... Yeah, you get to that point where you're like, you dream to play, you know, in the, and here mm. you are, it's happening. It was, it was unreal. Even back then, in your early 20s, you started looking into furthering your education. You did. Mm. Mature outlook for a young bloke. Yeah, again, I guess I needed something else besides football, like, you know, I fell into doing – not fell – I sort of was starting to do the, the stuff working in the juvies or helping out with different organisations, but I needed some, some education behind that. I needed something okay. to, to – you know, I'd done some training in community services. I'd done um, alcohol and drugs. I'd done mental health. I'd done all these different stuff that I sort of – education around my experience in those environments of how to, you know, help those, mm. you know, that I've sort of been around and – I yeah, it was good for me to sort of like schooling was tough for me. I was moving around a fair bit, but I never put in that effort. You know, I wasn't going home and saying, "Oh, do your homework." How did yep. you go in school? Like, it wasn't a, a big thing, you mm. know. So I had to play a bit of catch up, and yeah, and you know, I guess it was good for me to get that balance. I bet it was. Took a few years to get involved in finals footy. There were some tough seasons at Canberra. Yeah. What are your standout memories <laughs> of the Green Machine, mate? Oh yeah, honestly, just the people and, and lifelong friends. I caught up last week with um, down in Newcastle, Dane Tills and uh, Glenn Buttress and yeah. Wade Grintel. And you know they'll old, old can- and it was just a good laugh about some of our stories. And 
Mate, we will, um, <laughs> there wasn't many fans getting around with Raiders jerseys on back then. We were, we were terrible when I was coming through Raiders. And, and not saying we had talent there, but we created a bit of a toxic culture. It was unfair on the coaches, on Fernsey, Dave Ferner, and you know, Don, all the people around the club yep. because um, you know, we had certain leaders, but we had too many people sitting down that were below the line with their behaviour, you know, yep. not putting in the work. Um, you know, toxic behaviour around drinking or like, you know, just all that type of stuff. Yeah. It was, we didn't do what we should have with the, with the teams that we had yeah. and it was around the culture that we created. And, and I'll be honest, I was, I was one of the main guys. Like I was one that would say, hey, let's go for beers midweek or I'd go, let's – now you get injuries, like who cares, don't worry about recovering, let's go, you know, and just yeah. – it wasn't good. So, you know, it had – it was disappointing my time at Canberra because we didn't really reach our full potential as a team with mm. the with the talent we had, and it come back to people just you know taking the shortcuts and not really you know owning their role and owning their you know and doing the best as them as professionals. Why the Dragons in twenty fourteen was that a business decision? No, it was a bit of both actually. Um, it was hard to lead the Raiders. It really was. It, <laughs> Uh, but for me at the time, I had a bit of chaos happening in my family that were in Canberra at the time. I use the word chaos, that's probably the best way to describe it because it was just a lot of things happening that were out of my control but I was still involved. And yeah. um, the best thing for me was to, to get out of Canberra at the time. It was you know, just for my you know, well-being, mental health space, for my head, I, I needed to get out of Canberra and... Um, you know, and then the the opportunity to go to the Dragons, and I um, yeah, I I made a really tough decision and decided to, to go there and, and have a crack and, and leave Canberra and, and just to you know start fresh. In 2023, this is what you can expect from Unfiltered. The Legend series starts your working week, featuring interviews with some of the game's finest, in depth and personal. We talk footy and life in a subtle mix you can't or won't hear anywhere else. On Thursday, the Rugby League Superpod returns 12 different player interviews every single episode. It's fast-paced, and if you like a laugh with your footy, this is for you. It's the weekly show you can't miss. Then on Saturday, it's Dream Team time. Who would you name in your best ever 13? We ask that question to players past and present. We don't always agree, but that's what it's about. The ultimate argument starter. Who is the best 13 ever? Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on who's coming onto the podcast. We're all over Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Andy Raymond. Or you can check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Before you go, do a mate a favour and when you're done here, leave a five-star rating and write a quick review for us on the podcast app you're listening on. In terms of business, it's huge for us and it allows us to keep creating the content you love for free. Make sure you come back soon. Legends 